Welcome to the Wildlands. I'm Matt. And I'm David. And today's episode is sponsored by West End Sports, your five-star Yamaha dealer in northeastern New Brunswick, where you are sure to find something that revs your heart. And today we'll be talking about winter trails and how to use them, as well as being prepared for an unexpected situation. And make sure to stay tuned till the end of the episode for our insight on the product of the day. So let's jump right into it. All right. So, <laughs> well, episode number it's four. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> I've been gone for a little bit there. Welcome back. Exactly. And uh, already to we are in episode number four. Still pretty good. Of season two. Season yeah, two, that's good. right. Yes. And uh, we've been getting uh, actually some good feedback up till now. On uh, all the other episodes, and I, I do believe we've been getting a lot more, uh, you know, listeners to our uh, to our, our listeners. Show. Our listener count uh, is going up. That's awesome, uh, which is a good thing. Yes, uh, we're getting feedback on topics. Uh, you know, I believe that uh, we're going in the right direction with this. Absolutely, and uh, you know, if we look into our very first topic, which is winter trails and how to use them, uh, it you know. It could be a little bit vague, but we're going to like jump around on, you know, methods to use when you're, you know, in the trails in wintertime. Um, exactly. Especially here in, uh, in Bathurst where, uh, in the last couple of years, uh, they've been, they've been really pushing this because, uh, I mean, we know that we have rugged winters and if we don't make the best of them, time can get very long. Yeah. Definitely. So they haven't, we've always had a pretty good, uh, trail system here in, in Bathurst and they finally found a pretty good way to uh, exactly do what we're saying, use them in the winter. Uh, you know, Dave, I don't know. I- I've never been cross-country skiing myself. I don't know if you have. I've done it quite a few uh, times, actually, cross-country skiing. Yeah, yeah it's fun. Yeah, and it's I mean, enjoyable. here the trails, the trails here are, are apparently very good. I have not personally been on them at all. Uh, we know a few people that have. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean... The other trails that we're going to talk about intertwine with these these uh, cross country ski trails. Yes. So maybe uh, you can you can talk about the different styles of cross country st- skiing that uh, you may have tried because I know there's different styles of that. Well, <laughs> different styles. I'm not too sure if I've only really tried one, which was just the standard cross country skiing. But uh, well, standard cross country skiing is that the one that you would have been following in the in the groove trails, yes, or is it that's skating? Correct. Okay, no, 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 okay. no. Well, I, I haven't done any of the. <laughs> You're not the expert skating. Uh, <laughs> no, no, not style at all. yet. No, <laughs> I'll okay. skate. I'll skate in place, but <laughs> I yeah. won't go very far. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. No, uh, no, me. It's uh, I just stick to the standards. Uh, you know, with the the tracks already all done and everything like that. You follow on those same tracks. Uh, obviously, when you're going to have to skate regardless, uh, you know, if you get into the uphill areas or whatnot, um, though there's not going to be really any tracks to go up. But no, I mean, like for me, I haven't I haven't really been able to do that much cross country skiing. I've done it a lot more when I like I would say it was a lot more dominant when I was younger. Uh, less now okay. because I don't necessarily have the time to be able to do it, including with the quarantine That's and true everything as well. like that. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, exactly. imposed, but uh, no, definitely for sure. Like uh, it is one aspect of things that you know is an activity that is very uh, dominant in the region. Uh, oh yes, and very popular as well. And I mean, diverse amount of trails that are out there. There's like so many trails that are available. 
and accessible for everybody that it's even, I mean, even in the backyard, <laughs> there are trails yeah, all no, the way exactly. in your backyard practically. And, yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I know, I know it's getting very popular. We talk about bathers a lot because I mean, we're here, but I believe this, uh, this cross country skiing is getting very popular, uh, in a lot of different places. I know they're oh, yeah. even talking about here, connecting a trail system, cross country trail systems from here to, uh, to other regions, I mean, yeah. Well, you got some in by car. By some, car, yeah. By car is forty five minutes away, and they're they're considering connecting these to cross country ski. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing, if you ask me. No, definitely. And like I said, like you have some in Packerville, you have some in Carriquet, uh, you have trails uh, in Campbellton. I know you have trails in Campbellton. You got a lot there. But yes, uh, I mean, and these places are all like we say, forty five minutes to an hour away from exactly. from where we're at, and they want they're they're wanting to connect these which yep. is pretty cool yeah they're they're easily accessible and that's the advantage of it um exactly. and i mean not only are they easily accessible but you also have the uh, they're groomed i mean these are trails that are groomed these are not trails that are just like random exactly set and set trails that are here and there these trails are actually Meaning... groomed by the cities or the towns that are that are hosting them uh, which is meaning conditions are always perfect right well you know then they're quite perfect. It depends how, pretty close. how pretty much time close they invest into it, but most of them are, yeah, they're pretty perfect. Yeah. They're dedicated trails yeah. for that type of sport. And uh, exactly. what I, you know, and, and what I like about it is just the sheer fact that it's not, you know, you're not limited to an area like, let's say for ski or snowboarding, which is you have to have a hill. This is exactly. a type That's of true. ski sport that you... You can easily do on the flat as much as you can do on a hill or anything like that. So your your versatility is a lot, you know, it's a lot higher. And you get that that aspect of it. That's what's fun about it. Yeah, and I I have friends uh, that are my age with children, the age of my children, and both their children are into cross-country skiing this year. And, I mean, they are out three to four times a week with the kids uh, in the evenings. Uh, they they organize groups here at the uh, at the club. I mean, evening skiing with headlamps, uh, moonlight skiing. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. I have to admit that uh, they're doing an awesome job. Mm-hmm. I hope they continue. Oh yeah. Uh, something that I I never had the interest into it, but uh, I know my wife really wants to try. So uh, I'm not saying that I I will not end up trying. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, too, uh, a buddy of ours actually invested. Him and his uh, yeah. his wife invested in cross country skiing uh, just recently. Yeah, as a matter of fact, they used to they used to go uh, before, and uh, a couple of years ago they kind of stopped, got out of it, and uh, this winter again, pandemic, you know, can't travel, can't do nothing. Hey, let's invest in something we can do, and they so the pandemic does does have some good things, I guess. <laughs> well, it has some good things for those that are not quarantined. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's true. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a it's a lonely life. <laughs> Something, yeah, exactly. And another another uh, way to use the trails is, is one way that uh, I believe you probably used as much as I have uh, in and around uh, the town, in the woods while hunting. Uh, I've done it out with the kids. You know, is snowshoeing. Yes. I mean, that's the easy accessible one for me in 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 the topics we're talking about today, because. I mean, I've had the same snowshoes probably for about 10, 15 years now. Yep. You know, break them out every once in a while, go out, and you can, you know, 
don't need a pack trail don't need a groom trail you can make your own yep definitely harder if you're breaking your own trail but i mean it's doable oh yeah that's what snowshoes are for and uh no i i enjoy snowshoeing uh a lot actually yeah and uh, you know snowshoeing also the advantage to it is uh well as much as cross-country skiing you can do there's a level of difficulty that you can choose uh, I mean, I've done some snowshoeing all the way out in uh, Mount Oka, which is uh, near Montreal. Uh, that there was really a fun snowshoeing experience because, <clears throat> sorry, you had areas that as much as it was on the flat, you would have to like, you'd have to climb with snowshoes on. And then even to get back down, you'd have to slide with snowshoes on. Uh, it It's actually quite challenging <laughs> to slide with snowshoes downhill without like, <laughs> really just bailing out but it's it's a fun thing to do when you lean back on them and you pretty much just like slide down the hill that's actually quite an experience uh and i I mean like you say it's something that's been around for a long time uh me what what amazes me is the evolution of snowshoes yeah definitely (laughs) Uh, i mean if we're looking back at like the very first snowshoes which was made with you know uh i can't i trying to remember the name in english there but the nile the nile the 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 the, the, the animal yeah it it was made with the i know i think it was a sinew beaver leather or beaver skin or something yeah it was a sinew yeah there you go uh that's what they would use to to make the cordage and then obviously with the wood that would be used to you know that would be heated and and well, swamped yeah. with with water, and then after that, heated and and then turned to or curved and, to the proper diameter and shape. And then today's <coughs> today's aluminum and synthetic uh, materials, yep, have carbon fiber, and everything as light as yeah. possible. <laughs> and I, I'll admit, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's that's what I have a problem with because I mean, I remember the first snowshoes I've ever used and seen were like these big, long snowshoes, you know, wide. Oh, we still have I found them. them so difficult. I oh, I still have them as well, but uh, I found I always found those so difficult to walk in, and you'd get back, and I always found like I had sore hips and everything, and I was like, <laughs> man, you know, if there's just yeah, there's got to be some other way. And then when you upgrade to like the aluminum ones with the pivot points where your feet just pivot on with the yep. steel cleats underneath for grabbing on ice and hard pack, yep. I mean, total different game. Total different but, game. Uh, but I do hurt the slide with. <laughs> Yeah, but I also find that they don't carry so much. Yeah. Like, I mean, no. they do, they're, they're smaller. They're, you're going to sink more. It's normal. Yep. You know? Less surface. In my area. opinion, I always I always found that I preferred the other ones for how much I didn't sink, but I prefer the new ones for how easy they are and how comfortable they are compared to the older ones. Yep. No, for sure. But, I mean, like, you always had the, the, like, the strappings, too, on the newer ones. Obviously, yeah. your foot is strapped. Ratchet. And it is just, yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, it it pretty much resembles exactly like a snowboard binder. Uh, yeah. Bindings. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's the yep. same concept now, but then before was literally, like, strap binders. <laughs> and, yep. and leather and straps get loose with holes, and you, and, or they get loose, yeah. like you say. And you'd walk, you'd have to <clears> tighten them up again. Your foot and, would yeah. go right no, through today. the hole and not come back out. <laughs> Yeah, then you get stuck. You waste ten, fifteen minutes trying to get your foot out of the, out of the uh, front toe hole for <laughs> yeah, your, exactly. uh, for in your snowshoe. And yeah, yeah. But no, no the those days are gone just, at least. But. Yeah, the evolution of it is is uh, it's quite impressive. And and I would say the same yes, for definitely. for cross country skiing. The evolution of it has been quite impressive. But 
I would say that it stayed relatively the same, uh, regardless of the technology that, that was carried on. Uh, the exactly. concept of that technology stayed in the same kind of domain, whereas for snowshoeing, I mean, as you say, size all of a sudden just got so much smaller, but it's like they believe that it carries on the same, you know, surface, right? Yeah. Your snowstorm doesn't change or your snowpack doesn't change, but your actual footing does, you know? Exactly. I, I, I found that weird. Uh, I believe that their their main purpose behind that as well is because, you know, the new snowshoes have a, a much more uh, filled in area where you're walking instead of having, like you said, a while ago, the, the crisscross pattern of uh, of fibers, mm -hmm. which in in theory will support more it like because there's nothing coming through but mm -hmm. i still feel like the old big footprint still carries better than the than the new one oh yeah well i mean it, <clears throat> sorry uh you you think about it as like the way that i look at it it's the same concept as a screen with water uh the water yeah. tension and everything like that that's created by the screen i mean you could literally have a, a very thick screen over top of a bottle, flip it upside down, water's not going to really go through. And it's the same concept with nope. snow and snowshoes. Uh, yep. Your cordage and everything like that, the pattern that it is just does not allow and distributes the weight, you know, elsewhere, but just does not allow as much snow to get through that easily. Um, and, I mean, it's, it's just, you could go in scientifically if you wanted to, but <laughs> I'm, exactly. I'm just putting but. a little touch of science in this. Uh, in, in common sense, but that's that's really how I feel about it as well, uh, where yeah. the larger snowshoes did carry a lot more uh, weight-wise and uh, depth-wise than the ones that we have today. I mean, prove me yeah. wrong if you guys have or if any listeners have, have more information on this, uh, please, you know, give us a shout-out, tell us what you think about it. And, uh, and what you use today, do you use the old style yeah, or, do you exactly. still use, or do you use the new style? Exactly that. Tell us what you do and tell us how you do it. And exactly. the same thing with, with cross-country skiing. I mean, do you roll with the old school or do you go with the new school? That's what we want to know. Yep, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and, and a new one, a, a big new one uh, here in town, which has just exploded, I'd say, in the last two years. Last year was the first major one but this year it is crazy yeah is fat biking i know i haven't tried have it. you ever tried that no, no you've I never tried it not and you know what i mean Ooh, wow door just swung right open it's windy here today by the way it's like yeah. this, this really crazy windstorm and snow well snowstorm was yesterday and the wind is today yeah uh, i mean we we're looking at we're looking at 50 60 mile an hour winds that's like you 105 know. Oh, down your way is 105? 105. What, 105 kilometers. Kilometers. Oh, there you go. The door just closed again. Which is 60 miles an hour. Yep, that's correct. No, it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty so, bad. No, no, win no enjoying winter trails today outside, <laughs> unless you like that. But I, I'm You're inside. a hardcore kind of guy. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, the fat biking, uh, I'd say winter of 2020, uh, it really picked up here in 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 the region and then last summer i mean i saw fat bikes out on the beach in the sand uh you could even rent them at the beach to go take a drive on our many many kilometers of beach and then this winter it's just exploding with the trails i mean uh, yeah they haven't like i said a while ago the intertwining 
of the trails, I mean, you have your cross-country ski, your your fat bike, and your snowshoe mm-hmm. all intertwining into each other. Like, the trail system is, is very impressive. They got groomers for uh, the cross-country skiing. They got a completely different groomer for the fat bike trails. And the snowshoeing trails, I believe... I'm not sure if they groom them or if they just, like, break them out with a snowmobile, maybe. You know, that's actually something that that I was kind of posing as a question as well. Uh, In regards, because I know that it can be very finicky when it comes to, you know, your cross-country ski trails and your snowshoeing trails. Obviously, what, like, like they've always mentioned, don't cross over a cross-country ski trail with your snowshoes because they don't want it to be broken up. Sorry. Yep. But in my... Like the way that I look at it is, is it the same concept with fat biking or is it like fat biking cannot even be in the same type of trail system as snowshoeing or even as cross country skiing, even if they do merge at a certain point, is it the same concept? Like, is it like, is it shunned upon when they, when they are seen? I believe it's less of an issue, uh, if you're just crossing and I know a big issue because I'm like on all of the uh, the fat biking groups here in in town on Facebook. Even if I, uh, even if I'm not f- using the fat bikes, I, I'm still in their groups to get info and all kinds of stuff. The big major thing they're talking about is air pressure in their tires, and I mean they're running about two psi air pressure, mm-hmm. and they put like side by side comparisons of two psi and five psi. Okay. 2 PSI is almost not even leaving an imprint. Really? And as soon as they build it up to 5, then you can see the imprint. So they're, like, they have uh, updates on snow conditions. I believe they take some kind of a reading in the morning or at several parts of the day to uh, get how... They, they must have some kind of instrument that puts an imprint in the snow and okay. it gauges a pressure. Okay. And they... Uh, they decide that they'll post in the morning saying, okay, run your tires at somewhat such PSI for the, right now. And then they re-update it to, to bring your PSI up and down okay. uh, throughout the day to, to ensure the trail conditions. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, you yeah. know, I'm a little bit curious too to, to know, because I mean, if we look at cost effectiveness, obviously fat biking, in my opinion, is probably going to be the one that is the most costly uh, version of, ski, yes. of, you know, ski or not ski. Of winter of using the trails to use a trail, <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. Uh, it'll probably be your highest investment out of all three options that we just mentioned, uh, yep. apart from walking, which is completely free, <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> it, apart from that, you know, other than that, uh, you know, it is what the the highest growing popularity of you know, you know, but don't forget your fat bike can be used year round though because, yeah, exactly. because you can use it in the summertime. Exactly. It's it's so, a it's a better well, you could use snowshoes too, but you're just not gonna sink very far. <laughs> <laughs> They'll just be shoes. It'll just be shoes. Wider just shoes. shoes <laughs> yeah. Really annoying shoes to walk with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, uh the, the fat bike, uh yes, it will be more expensive. It's more than likely. Yeah. The higher investment, but you can multi-season use it yeah it is made for uh, multi-seasons cross-country skis um uh, again i've never had to purchase any never looked into them mm-hmm. i am sure it's like anything else you can get very expensive ones you can get very expensive uh, ones you can also get some for the summer which are shorter versions yeah, I, with wheels 
<laughs> uh, there's, there's a few people, well, uh, not far from where uh, your parents used to live. Okay, There's yeah. this guy that used to, to come out of that subdivision all the time and come down on Riverside Drive. I'd meet him there once or twice a week. Okay. And he would have those with the uh, with the wheels on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can seen that. You can use those. A lot of people actually, uh, people that walk dogs, uh, will use them. Yeah, uh, they'll get pulled. They'll get pulled. Um, yeah, and, exactly. You know, it's it's there are. I've seen other versions. Like I've seen a few varieties. There's some with multi wheels underneath. Okay. Uh, and then you have some with just two large wheels, one in the front, one in the back, with kind of like a ski shape that that bridges in between. Um, those are the more popular ones that I've seen, and uh, the ones with the multi wheels. I have not seen that many uh, of those, but I, I have seen some. Uh, but I mean, it at least allows you to maintain that kind of sport activity uh, during the summer times. But obviously, it's another investment because you're going to have to invest double in it. You have to invest for one style and then yeah. the other style for the next season. Whereas fat biking, well, you just invest once and manage your air pressure. <laughs> and there might be tire um, air pressure and maybe tire selection. I'm not 100% yeah, sure. Yeah, probably too. Like treading but, and everything uh, like that. But I mean, still. It's too bad. I just thought of something. Hmm? It's too bad we couldn't make, or I don't know. Yeah, cross-country skis probably wouldn't be solid enough, but it's too bad you can't buy something that would clip onto them that you could use your same skis. But it probably wouldn't be solid enough to support the weight. Probably not, especially with the elevated, because that's yeah. that's probably one of the, well, it, I'm not going to say it's probably, it is probably the main reason that the, let's say, summer version with two wheels, since you're elevated off of the ground, uh, the bridged area is smaller, less... Reinforced. Yeah, less... And smaller, reinforced. And reinforced. Probably, yeah. Whereas if yeah. you were to try to clip something on to, I mean, your like five foot, six foot long uh, yeah, like skis, exactly. <laughs> your middle's probably going to be dragging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're going to... I thought I had a good idea. You're going to banana those skis pretty bad. Yeah. But uh, no, apart so that, from that... And then that for me, Dave, is... Uh, that's that's for me is, is the ways that I... Uh, I use the trails in the winter here of uh, is snowshoeing, and then I know the trail systems. I don't know about you. Do you? Uh, did you ever have any other, you know, wintertime winter activities? Trail use, or or not winter activities, but how do you just get out and and you know, since it's winter, winter is half the year here. Uh, how well, you know yeah, half the year, yeah, close to half the year. <laughs> goes out of the no. year and if you're up north it's pretty much the entire year except for two months <laughs> yeah ex- exactly exactly but uh no uh, to be completely honest with you everything that you that we've talked about is literally the the main uh parts of what i do other than actually just walking uh you know trail walking or anything like that that's really the only activities that I personally think of other than actually doing some snowboarding or, or skiing or yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. But that's downhill not... skiing and, and snowboarding is a whole other thing that that I uh, I do. Yeah, uh, I snowboard too. But, but uh, I mean, yeah. that's not in a trail. That's that's in a dedicated area. Uh, exactly. Unless you have trails at home that are downhill. But apart from that, the, those are really the the same sports that I will. I will venture into. Uh, one of them, yeah. which I would be interested in venturing into, probably eventually would be fat biking that I have not tried yet. Uh, yeah. That seems to be something that's, you know, it's fun. It's entertaining. And it's, you know. Yeah, no. I, I like biking in the summer. It, yeah, I like biking in the summer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I always said, well, I, I would think of, uh, 
of getting into it as well for uh, for the winter. So yep. that's definitely my uh, probably going to be the one that I'm going to end up uh, trying slash investing in. Yep, absolutely. Uh, now, if we were to jump into topic number two, so topic number two, which also ties in a little bit into topic number one, which is being prepared for an unexpected situation. When we say situation, we're talking about the winter time situation. Uh, well, winter scenario in a certain sense. Yeah. Now, these can happen to you even if you're doing the type of, you know, activities that we mentioned earlier on. Uh, and it's how to be prepared if something does happen. Uh, in a winter environment. Uh, I don't know if you want to you want to start this one off with some of your topics. I've got some already in mind, but I'll let you, you yeah. know, shoot these ones out first. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, you know, we've talked about uh, being prepared for, for all kinds of situations while out hunting and fishing and, and whatnot. But, you know, when it comes down to being prepared, I believe that the probably the most important one is uh being prepared in any time that the temperatures will start to drop from like late fall to early spring i mean uh if anything is going to go wrong uh it'll just be made worse with those conditions i mean you need to be able to stay warm you need to be able to uh get shelter in that's in any situation but winter time makes it that much more important uh, also, you need to be able to, if you're needing to stay warm, I mean, you need to build a fire, which is your go-to. Mm -hmm. um, so things that, that to be prepared, you know, I always have, and this is year round, but I stress on it even more during the, uh, the colder temperatures. I mean, I have a reflective heat safety blanket, uh, yep. waterproof matches, or, you know, uh, a good Zippo lighter that you make sure I always refuel my Zippo lighters before I, I leave. Um, a change of clothes, you know, at least, at least a change of socks, a good sweater, a wool sweater, you know, uh, a new toque, but, uh, just be prepared because anything can happen. Even if you don't think it'll happen to you, but winter time will make it that much worse. So really just make sure you have the, the proper gear the essentials yes no for sure uh in my aspect of it i always see it as uh, you know prepare for the worst uh but also you want to stay light the like you True. say you have because i mean obviously somebody that's going to go do some snowshoeing and it, it you know or cross-country skiing well what you see today most of the times you see people they're they're dressed uh i would almost say like if they were doing the tour de france um, yeah, casual, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. With the, like, tight kind of clothing and whatnot. And, you know... Go with no backpack. With no backpack, go for it, that's good for you. But, I mean, if ever anything happens, you twist an ankle, you can't get out of there, and there's not many people that are around, uh, think of the unexpected. Uh, even if it's just, like, a satchel or a fanny pack that you're going to be carrying around with you, I'd always advise that you bring it. Um, you never know what's going to happen. You never know what could happen. Uh but at least you know that you'd be prepared for it if it did happen. Um, either it'd be a compress, either it'd be, you know, anything to strap your leg up or strap your ankle up because those are ankle twisters regardless if you like it or not. They can happen. <laughs> True. Um, <laughs> when you start getting older, those ankles start getting weaker. Take it that way. <laughs> yeah. True. You know, we're not we're not in our prime anymore. So 
Make sure. Jeez, that's sad. That's sad. <laughs> when you get older, nothing gets better. It just gets weaker. <laughs> <laughs> for me, anyway. I don't know. For, yeah, for me, Maybe too. Maybe you guys are tougher than I am. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, regardless of that, no, uh, definitely, like you say, a reflective blanket, that's something that I would definitely bring around with me. Uh, like you say, a big lighter, which is something that I would carry with me. Not necessarily that I would have to make a fire, but just the fact that it's there if I have to. And even if all of a sudden exactly. I get to an area and I'm hungry, then I can always just make like a small fire with some, you know, hot dogs if I actually bring anything for that, for that cause. Yeah. No, that that's true. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing that I would say also that I would bring around with me uh, and what we talked about a little bit earlier on uh, in season number one was the spot rangefinder uh, or spot third gen satellite messenger satellite messenger exactly there you go uh, I think that's an ideal or an integral thing to bring with you now uh, due to the fact for any type of sport that you do because that is something that would be able to you know get help to where you are uh, even yep. if you're not that far from your car if you can't make it there you can't make it there right if you can't make it there, you're too far. Exactly. You know? exactly if you're not that. if you're not that far, but you can't make it there, it's still too far. Exactly. So, uh, to me, I think that's actually something that's very important to bring around now, uh, versus mm-hmm. what we had before. Even if you have a cell phone with you, I mean, there's some areas that, even if you have a cell phone, you're still out of range. Um, exactly. Another thing that I would also bring around with me when I was saying like something to strap your leg down or whatnot, easy, easy thing and super light that doesn't take up a lot of room. I mean, bring a paracord bracelet if you have to. I mean, a paracord yep. bracelet, you got a lot of paracord in there. You can use it to strap your leg up. You can use it to help yourself out. It's just, it's easy. Easy, simple, and exactly. it's like inexpensive, and you just got so much utility out of it, and it really just doesn't take up that much room. You carry it around your wrist. I mean, come on now. <laughs> That's it. And like you say, you want to be light, but you still want to be efficient in the situation if if something does happen and you don't want to be like i should have had this yeah exactly i mean even it depends and 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 i i also see this as one thing being prepared uh for an unexpected situation now if we're talking about an evening walk with the dog in in the trail in the snowshoe trails eat the dog i mean chances are (laughs) yeah no yeah no but chances are that's not right (laughs) chances are somebody knows where you're going yeah Chances are you're not that far from home. So, I mean, you know, you prepare for like that. That would be a situation, I believe, your your paracord bracelet, your reflective blanket, um, you know, uh, granola bar, uh, something in that sort. Yeah. Now, if we're talking about going, you know, uh, ice fishing on a lake that's an hour's drive from your house. And and 25 minutes away from the closest house. Now there is going to be the same things as you would have at the earlier one, but maybe with a larger backpack, then with a, a change of clothes, yep. uh, the satellite messenger for sure. Uh, you know, flares. They're they they don't cost much. They're they don't take much space. They don't weigh much. Why not? Uh, you know that kind of thing. Yep. Now, if you're going out on a snowmobile and you're going out on this, you know, you're taking off for the weekend and you're going to be driving around all different places where nobody actually, they have a general idea you're going on a snowmobile, but they don't know where you're going directly to point A, point B. That is the one that you really have to consider 
having, you know, multiple resources for the unexpected. And it can even be for, you know, I always look at it as having something that can help somebody else if they didn't bring it. Yep. No, for sure. So, so that's important as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, like just a simplistic fact, if somebody says they don't like wearing bracelets or anything like that, like I'm just going back on the paracord idea. Yep. Uh, most poles or general amount of poles that people use for cross country skiing or snowshoeing that have lanyards mm-hmm. that actually strap to your wrists. Yeah. I mean, if anything, just replace those with paracord bracelets. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, no, that's the make them paracord. Walking instead. poles. Yeah. 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 You're going to yeah. have the walking poles anyways. And plus you can use the walking poles for stilts or anything of the sort. If exactly. anything does happen. Um, I mean, it's just the simplicity of it and also the effect uh, being effective. Uh, in these yep. type of situations. Um, definitely, like you say, like it all varies upon the, the, the sport or the distance or the location that you're going to, obviously. Uh, but yep. no, it's, it's definitely something that people should look into. And I just find that it's like, we always overlooked. think that it's always impervious to everything. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like you say, I, I, and I, I see it as well. And I even see it with the guys that, that, are hunting or whatever like i'm always mostly the guy myself my father's the same thing like we open our pack and the thing's full and i mean you can probably find pretty much anything you need in there to make it out okay and then there's these other guys that show up with like nothing and i'm and i don't understand that but that's just you know maybe my way of doing it but it just what i what i want people to get out of this episode is put yourself in that situation without being there and imagine what would make your life easier that you can bring that won't be too cumbersome and too problematic to have with you. Absolutely. No, that's completely right. You know, great. The exact thing to say is just put yourself, imagine yourself in a situation. How would you get out of it? What would you need to get out of it? And there you go. That's all you need to know. And just preparing consequence for what that is, regardless of where you are mm-hmm. or regardless of the difficulty of what you're doing, there's always going to be something that can happen or might happen or, I mean, I don't wish it upon anybody, but you know, I was going to say it, stuff happens. The possibility is <laughs> there. Yeah. Yeah. But the possibility is there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So if we were now to look into the product of the day, what would the product of the day be, Matt? Well, you know, it kind of ties into everything we just talked about here because it's pretty important to have this for any type of winter activity, if you ask me. And it'll also help you to be prepared in case a situation shows up. You know, Definitely. so. Yeah. And and what what Matt's trying to get at right now. <laughs> I'm trying to get Dave to say it. <laughs> What he's trying to get at is, we, talk, <laughs> we talked about this, uh, base layers. Base layers, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, all depending on what type of base layer you put on. I mean, even if it's a t-shirt or whatever, uh, we have a product. No, well, we have a product. There's a product that I personally not swear by, but almost do, I would say. And it's a yeah, type of product. It's Merino wool. Um I'm a high believer in what it does. It's, uh, you know, quite resistant to bacteria. It is, uh, you know, in, when I say bacteria, is in terms of smell, different things like that. It's a very high warmth quantity. 
uh, quality, I would say, and also uh, very durable in terms of material as well. And especially, I like it for moisture wicking. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Moisture wicking for any type of activities. Because, I mean, if you're skiing or biking or walking, you know, sweat's going to happen. Exactly. Uh, I would say that the very first product, the Merino product that I was ever introduced to, uh, there is a wide variety. Helly Hansen has some. uh, Under Mm -hmm. Armour has some. So on and so forth. I mean, you have brands that that sell socks, uh, darn tough, that is made with merino wool. You have, uh, you've got even Buck, that came out with merino wool yes. socks as well, uh, or yep. merino infused socks. I would say because not a lot of them are 100% merino wool. A lot of them are you know synthetic mixed with merino wool. Yes. Uh, and you'll see with the price, but then some that are 100% merino wool. Uh, like I was getting to, was Icebreaker. Icebreaker is the very yep. first company in Marinol Wool that I was ever introduced to. And I'm not going to lie, it is hands down one of the best ones for me. <laughs> I love their go. quality product. It's just, it's 100% Marinol and true to it as well. Um, oops, sorry. Knocked the table there. But uh, no, definitely one of my go-tos if I were to go for a base layer product. Um, I've got, I mean, you can go from things that are like lightweight to midweight, ultralight, uh, to heavy, you know, depending on your activity level, right? Exactly. I believe that that's how most of them you're going to go through, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, obviously if you're looking into a budget wise, I would go into a Merino infused if you're looking budget. Yes. If you're looking non-budget, go with icebreaker. (laughs) Yeah, they, no, they, definitely. They have it. <laughs> they have it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Merino wool is is very good. I have. I don't have uh, any icebreaker direct, but I'll I'll agree with you. I mean, yeah, they they are a little more expensive, but if you spend any amount of time out there, they're great. Yep. And uh, icebreaker again, like you said, they did qual. They did uh, classify it for activity level. So yep. I mean. You're not going to take the extreme warmth one for going, you know, cross-country skiing, I don't believe. Yeah. Well, no, you're you're not going to take the the heavy one. But, I mean, Icebreaker has been around for a very long time. Yes. So, in my opinion, it's tried, tested, and true. You know, right? Yep. So, when, you know, when you're looking into products and everything like that, like you mentioned earlier on, you're a strong advocate of you pay for what you get. So, in my opinion, if you're paying higher for it, you're going to get something that's of a higher quality and also something that's true to what they explain or to what they say. I feel like a lot of times when you get those people that say like, oh, well, it's merino wool, but it's synthetic. It's 20, 30% merino wool content. Yeah, You're, you're going to get that breakdown. That. You're not going to get the true just of what merino wool is supposed to give you. You know what I mean? And not just that. I mean, if if you're planning on, on doing any kind of outdoor activity – uh, more than once a winter type thing, if you ask me, is yeah, you're going to pay a little bit more, but you're probably going to have that product 10 times longer than a product you'd pay less for exactly. because it's durable. It actually does its job, so you won't just decide saying, oh, this is no good, so I'm going to throw it out. You yeah. will keep it, you will use it, and it will last. Yeah. So if we look into the Icebreaker line of base layers... I mean, you have things of long sleeve crews, you have, uh, let's say, short sleeve crews, you have uh, long sleeve pants, you have short 
you know, shortcut pants. You have some that even have a knee, a double-lined knee area, uh, like for legging style for men. Uh, you have a great lineup for women as well. Uh, you have some with a front uh, front zip, so kind of like a collar zip. Uh, if you're that's in the thicker, um, you know, category of it, you have some that are just like regular T-shirts, or some that are kind of like what we're used to with the Under Armour kind of spandexy look uh, for long sleeve shirts as well. Uh, these can be used in all variety of sports, but it can also be used for outdoor activities, like uh, I would say hunting, fishing, or anything of the sort, even during the summer times, because the type of material that it is will not only keep you cool, but will keep you warm. You have that aspect of it. And that, to me, is something that's just, it's grand. Definitely. I remember when I first discovered base layer clothing, how much it changed the thickness of my coats and the thickness of everything and the comfortableness. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. That sure. level, my level of heat and warmth went up and the level of thickness of clothing went down. Yep. No, uh, it, it, you know, you know so it, it's... You pay a little bit more, but you save believe, somewhere else. <laughs> and, and exactly, and build your system yep. to you know what you need. Layering is important, but start with your base layer. Yep, absolutely. All right. So with that said, I think we're pretty much done on episode number four. We talked about everything that we had to talk about. Again, uh, I'd like to make a huge thank you and a huge shout out to West End Sports for having sponsored this episode and also for helping us out with, uh, you know, keeping the show going. And as well to all our listeners, you guys have been helping us out a huge amount with your suggestions, with all your, you know, your comments or whatnot. Uh, and also just, you know, being there generally, just listening to what we have to say. Even if sometimes we do ramble on, you guys are there to listen to it. And uh, exactly. with that said, I'd like to give you guys a great salute and uh, we'll see you on episode number five. Have a good one. Take care, guys, and keep it coming. Thank you.